0: doing well today. All right, I think I've met everybody, know everybody. It's all good. Uh it's good. Uh I know it's a little chilly in here. Uh I'm not going to laugh too much. But uh we tried to adjust <laughs> we tried to adjust the fans and they got faster, I think. So <laughs> sorry about that. We're we, we the best of technology. We're going to we're going to work on that. But uh but Steve's about to pull his hair out, man, try to try to figure that out. But um it does gets weird. It's like uh the second service when uh when you guys uh, head out and everything like that a lot of hot air coming from the stage right uh, that kind of thing and then uh, second service comes in we get more bodies in here that kind of thing it gets warm it's kind of wild so it's hard to figure out the temp in here but uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna keep working on it and try to figure if anybody's got any ideas that would be uh be awesome so but uh, but it is good to see you guys again this morning missed you last week got to go see uh, morgan my daughter um lead worship at her, at her church and stuff like that took a little bit of a Look a little bit of a break, and it was neat, but I'm um, so glad to be back. Just looking forward to this finishing up James five. Kyle did a great job on the message last week. Our youth pastor, man, he he killed it, dude. And uh, really, really kind of a kind of a neat thing. So, uh, really encourage any youth age folks that you know to get here on Sundays at five when uh, when they have youth. Man, it's really uh, really kind of a it's a it's a wonderful thing. Got great teachers, got great leaders that are going. So I know Collins of Savannah or some of the leaders there and Tyler and uh, and Delaney are there, you know, to helping out with Colin, uh, Colin Michaela. It's awesome. It's great. Um, we've got a great, great core group of folks that are helping out with that. But want to uh, encourage you guys to do that. Also, want to uh, to address something in particular, and we'll get into the message here in a sec. But I want to address a couple of things: the way we approach church and the way we do church, because we we do several things uh, that that God has laid on us. You know, that we want to make sure we that we know your name and you know that you're known. That's why we have the sign-up sheets. If you haven't gotten to those, man, sign up those. We want to make sure that we are a church that makes disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. So any opportunity to learn how to do that and what we do, take advantage of all that, absolutely, we definitely want to do that. Uh, we want a, a church where the community is better off because we are in it and the community knows it. So we not only will always uh, try to make the community that we're in better, but we will also do whatever we can to plant churches around Kansas City and wherever God takes us to, to make sure that we are, man, man, doing what he did. Do what the New Testament church church did. Because one of the last things we ever want to do is become, like, turn inward, right? We're going to actually start a new ser- series next week called The Gong Show. You remember, remember the, old, uh, the old hit TV called The Gong Show? And we start talking about how God looks at the church and how we're supposed to love because paul says if i have all this religious stuff that we do but i have no love it's like a sounding gong and a clanging cymbal right and we'll talk about that starting next week and i love that actually uh thank you for the guy i think it was you that said the gong show mark uh c Walson that uh said hey um, i think we'll call it the gong. I said, i'm done done i'm stealing it so Oh, I got to give credit where credit's due. I didn't come up with it myself, but it was good stuff. But uh, man, I tell you, we want to make sure we are doing the things that they did in the first century, where they were, they were on mission and they didn't look inward and they looked at how they could spread the gospel and that kind of thing. And as a result of all that, right, the community's better off. We're, we're an extremely generous church. So we're not just uh, just thinking about ourselves and not just thinking about this, but we're thinking about how can we spread God's kingdom to where. God has called us to be, and so I'm real excited about what's going on in uh, in Loma Vista. I know over the weekend some of them went out and did some work on the stage out there. We're going to be working on doing some work on the. If anybody wants to sign up for anything at Loma Vista, just put it on your on your Connect card, and we will uh, get in contact with you and that kind of thing. If you haven't got a chance to meet Pastor Price and Pastor Tim and Megan and all those uh, folks that are coming with us from Loma Vista, man, just get a get a chance to. Because we are the sending church for a new campus, a totally new church. Out of our church, we plant a new one. Uh and matter of fact, pray for me tonight because um, I'm going over to the, uh, oh, what's it called, the Blue River Baptist, Blue River Missouri Baptist Association. And so we're going to actually go over there tonight and they are voting on whether or not to accept New City Church as a, as a church, which uh, in, in their network, because we're on the Missouri side this time. So it's kind of a neat thing. It really is cool. Um, didn 't expect that, but they uh, really love us, really have heard a lot of great things about us, and are very excited about uh, new city taking on the new the new venture at loma Vista so amen, great stuff going on, man, great stuff happening, great stuff going on and and so you know as we talk through that too, uh, did have a couple of folks talk to me and man with great and, and here's here 's what I want you to do. you have every right to talk to me about something that you feel is a a concern for you, a conviction for you, or anything like that. And if you have any like question about how we do things as a church, I will always tell you that we will do everything to, to the best that we can biblically, the way the New Testament style church did it. And so for us, we've got something uh, coming up that uh, that's called trunk or treat. And uh, we've had uh, a few people have, have come to me and says, man, I'm I'm concerned about that. It's a demonic holiday. And so it's really where the Satanists man that's their christmas and, and those going and, and I hear you and I, and I agree i don 't disagree with any of that uh here's where i am i'm looking at from from the church's standpoint how did they deal with that kind of stuff in the new testament and here's what they didn 't do they didn't hide they didn't stay in their uh in their homes they didn't they oh no there's stuff going on out there right, right where they actually engaged and became a light to the world rather than Someone who is uh, scared of the darkness. Does that make sense? I'm not saying that someone who has a conviction to not participate in Halloween or anything like that is, is demonic or uh, you know, it's a demonic thing or anything like that. Or I'm not saying you're fearful. You may have a conviction that say, I, God has called me to stay in my home and pray for the world. That's totally cool. But here's what we're going to do as a church. We're going to be the light in a dark place. We're going to give people the alternative. That, that you don't have to get into the occult. You don't have to get into witchcraft. You don't have to get it to have a good time. Uh, you actually get to have a good time in the Lord, and we're going to show you how. And we're going to have the biggest, baddest party you've ever seen, right? And matter of fact, if you are saying, okay, I don't feel like I can participate in that, but I want to, like, how do I share the good news? I've got a great idea for you. If you're going to stay at home, which is it, totally fine if the God's called you to do that, Here's what I'd love you to do. Turn your light on. And when people come to the door, give them the biggest, fattest candy bar they've ever seen. Because everybody else is giving that little crap candy about this big, right? And 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 like attach a scripture on it, man. Share that. You never know the next Billy Graham that could look at a big old piece of candy after giving all this stuff and see a scripture verse and be have that seed planted. You just never know. Take what scripture says for us to do is to take advantage of every. Opportunity and to me, and to a lot of us, there is no greater opportunity when the whole world's thinking about the occult, the whole world's thinking about witchcraft, the whole world's thinking about fear, thinking about this kind of stuff. That we can actually be a light in the darkest place. So, God's light shines when the time is darkest, amen. Does that make sense? I just want you to understand that's where we're coming from, and you don't have to like it or agree or anything like that, but I want you to understand that that's 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 where we as a church have decided we're going to move into that. Because this is what they did. This is what Jesus did. Never hid from the demonic. He says, hey, we've got the answer. Amen? That's what we're going to do. One of the things that we're uh, talking about, too, is uh, in James. Like We talk about this is being the final chapter in James that we're going to go through. We're going to go over. And James is the old t- oldest of the New Testament letters. And I, and I dig James for a lot of reasons. It's almost like God's first thing that he tells us. And uh, one of the things that Mark said that I had never heard before when we were talking about in city groups that James is the Proverbs of the New Testament because it's like it's a thought after a thought and sometimes it doesn't seem like they're necessarily t- attached to one another. But in in, in re- like if you look at the whole letter that James is talking about, he's basically saying this is what it takes for us to... To be Christ-like, to be Christians, to if we're going to be followers of Jesus, this is some of the some of the basics of it, and we need to understand when we read Scripture, including James and the other Scriptures. Are going to read starting next week when we start the Gong Show, uh, is that God wrote the Bible, right? When we start to think how do I approach Scripture? What do I need to do, right? Like I gotta, we gotta understand that that, and we understand too that when we're reading Scripture, even if we read one verse or we read a whole bunch of verses, we gotta say what does every word mean, and what does it mean in context? You can a lot of times determine what the, what the scripture says based on what the context is, based on who's being, who it 's being written to, based on the purpose for writing. A lot of times the, 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 the author that write well it's God, God wrote it, but he used guys to write it, but a lot many times things like John will write uh, hey i 've written these things to, to, to you so that you may not." May not sin, right? I mean, the, the, you, like you can figure out when you read who he's writing to, who the author is writing to, the purpose for the writing a lot of times is already, already in there. Therefore, the need to interpret Scripture a lot of times is rare. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't study the Scripture, but when we study, we've got to look at it from the standpoint of this is what God says and what am I going to do about that, right? How do I obey, obey this? So what does God say? What does God want me to do? Another question we need to ask is, am I willing to do what God says? And then when we ask that, and if we are willing to do what God says, we've got to ask God for his power to do what he says, amen? Like we've got to make, like, like God, this is not going to come naturally to me to do these things. My natural fleshly... It's selfish. It's it's like self centered. I'm gonna look inward. I'm gotta not think about other people. I'm gonna look for myself first. And God says you gotta flip that around. But but it's gonna take His strength for us to be able to do that. Doing what God says is about relationship and not not rules. A lot of people have been brought up in the church. We well, shouldn't do this. Shouldn't do this. Shouldn't do this. Shouldn't do. This, can't do this. Got to do this. That kind of thing. But it's about like like really having a relationship with God through His Holy Spirit. Being guided by him in that. And obedience is a matter of the heart, not a matter of something that we've gotten, like an external type of thing. It's not something you get to do. It's something, or it's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. When I wrote, when I had people write that down a couple of weeks, that blew some people's minds. They said, God I literally asked people to write down, you don't have to obey God. People were like, what? Right? <laughs> Are you kidding me? And I was like, no, you actually get to. Be obedient to God because it's a it's a, it's a it's out of a love of Jesus. James one, just to review, talked about enduring trials, being doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. James two talked about you know work what you like works along with faith. With faith is what God really wants. It's not a matter of you got to do this stuff, but that faith that we have will result in works and not showing favoritism to those who we think will be more of an advantage to us than, than that. James 3 talks about controlling the tongue. And keep in mind, this is always about a matter of the heart, not a matter of whether you said the S word, the B word, the D word, the Y word, the W word. And some of you dirty minds are like, I don't know what the W or Y word is, but that's all right. I'm, I'm trying to figure that one out, man. It's a... Um, and then last week, man, Kyle killed it. We start talking about humility. And, and I mean, really, like he said, you know, like, like James 4 is so very clear. What causes quarrels among you? It's your, it's your own sin within you that does that. To try to get your own selfish desire, right? It's crazy. Man, he just calls it out. And then in James 5, he says this. Come now, you rich people. How many of us are in here are rich? Ooh, let me tell you something. If you have air conditioning and a car and electricity and running water and all kinds of stuff, guys, historically, you're not just rich. You are in the top, 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 top percentile historically of those of the wealth. You're in the richest country in the history of the world. You understand this, right? We've got the We can't look at this and go, yep, that's that's somebody else because that ain't me. Right. I'm having trouble paying rent. Well, I get it. But understand this is and keep in mind, too. This is a matter of the heart. So when we are I've, I've been in like lots of different positions in my life as far as, um, you know, uh, corporate wise, I've had uh, been a landlord. I was a landlord for 17 years. Some of the richest people were some of the least humble. I mean, some of the and some of the richest people that I met were some of the most humble. It doesn't have anything to do necessarily what's in the bank account, although it's, it got to be careful because that material stuff can can really drive us down a path that we don't need to go. But this is always a matter of the heart. So he's talking to folks, man, that are that are consumed by this stuff. Right. Come now, you rich people, weep and wail over the miseries that are coming on you. Your wealth is ruined and your clothes are moth-eaten. This is what Jesus said from the very first time he spoke publicly, right? to a large crowd, he said, "Where moth and rust and moth destroy, put your, don't put your heart and your treasures there. Put your treasures in heavenly things. Your silver and gold are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you, and will eat your flesh like fire. This is, this is tough stuff. Now, a lot of people can say, hey, look, what does that mean, uh, eating your flesh like fire and that kind of thing? Because You hear one commentator will say, well, you know, um, that means absolutely you're going to hell and going to destruction and that kind of thing. Some people say, well, this is something where God is saying he's not going to use you. You're just burned up trash, that kind of thing. Here's my encouragement to us. No matter what it really means and no matter what it says, no matter what commentary, it ain't good, right? I mean, so what we've got to do is say, hey, I don't want to be on that side, right? Because we don't have to worry about the consequences of our sin when we're we're doing what we can to live with God out of our love for him, right? Like if we're obedient, you guys with me on that, right? Understand, you see what I mean on this? Like if we are living in such a way that we're trying to please Jesus, not out of some weird sense of devotion, but out of a genuine love for God, we don't have to worry about what it means to be burned. Now we can warn people about this, but ultimately, what God means here is like you don't want to be in this, this position. I've had people tell me recently, man, we should do a revelation study. I was like, why do you want to know? Well, because I'm curious about what Gog and Agog and those seven headed beasts and all that kind of curious to see what those things are. I said, You want me to tell you what Revelation's about? I'll, I'll give it to you in 30 seconds or less, man. You'll understand it. I said, sure. I said, if you know Jesus and you love Jesus, you're going to be fine when he comes back. Amen. Now, there's a lot of things that we can study, and I'm not saying not to. But, man, when you understand it and approach it that way, even if you don't fully understand it and may understand it when you see him face to face in heaven, that's awesome. But we like that pursuit of understanding is so critically important to our walk. Absolutely. But if we want to like like idolize knowledge or anything, man, I'm telling you, like, here's what I want us to do. I want us to be obedient, love Jesus with everything we've got, and let him reveal to us in our studies. Let him reveal to us in what, does that make sense? Like, we can get so caught up in all kinds of different things. I was, re, re, you know, teaching some things on uh, discipleship at the one conference last week. That was one of the things that, that that had come up was like, I wonder what that means. I wonder, wonder what that means. I wonder what that means. I was like, guys, it, it like, commentators are divided. And, you know, God may give you some special revelation about what this means. But ultimately, here's the thing. You do not have to worry about the consequences of not knowing him if you know him. Amen. What did Jesus say to his guys when he sent them out? They came back and they said, oh, man, even the demons, even the demons submit to us in in your name. And he said, don't 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 freak out about that stuff. He goes, I don't need something to be impressed about. Be impressed. Rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. Amen? That's the focus that Jesus even says. He said, just follow, just follow me. Look, the pay that you withheld from the workers, you who reaped your fields cries out. And the outcry of the harvesters has reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Have you lived luxuriously on the land and have indulged yourselves? You have fattened your hearts for the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous man. He does not resist you. Therefore, brothers, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. Notice what the farmer doesn't do, screaming at the soybeans to come up, right? Come on, right? Now he doesn't do that, right? He waits patiently for that stuff. We've got to wait patiently for the Lord to return. We've got to wait patiently for his will to be done. We've got to wait patiently for hearts to turn to him. That kind of thing is nothing we can say ever. I love this. This is one of the things I love about being a Christian, that the pressure is not on me to change anybody, right? I want people to study, and I want people to get into the Word. I want people to, to know Him more. I want people to mature. Absolutely. But the hearts and minds of people, I can't do anything about. Thank you, Lord, that I don't have that kind of pressure to change people, that you have all the power and all the glory. And all the wisdom in order to know who your sheep are and who your sheep are. I'm just introducing his sheep to the shepherd. Right? Love this. Be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits, right? You, must also, you also must be patient. Strengthen your heart, hearts because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers, do not complain about one another. This is kind of going back to the last chapter, right? What causes these quarrels? Don't complain about one another. So that you will not be judged. See, if you complain about other people, guess what? God's going to be like, hey, okay. That's that's it. It's kind of wild, man. It's like, woof, golly. Don't complain about when it's so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Yikes. Brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. you realize that all the prophets in the Old Testament that they had at the time, this being the first New Testament letter, all the prophets were... I think I'm right when I say this all the prophets were killed for what they believed except for maybe I think Elijah who was taken up by God is that is that Mars? am I right when I say that correct me if I, I think that's right like nobody liked the prophets because when they were telling the truths of God because our our fleshly minds and our our, our uncircumcised hearts and if you want to call it that that's what God calls it right our stiff-necked people a lot of times will say oh no 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 no, I don't want to hear that mess, man. I've got my own issues. And I'll, but, but when the prophets come speak, right, they're killed. They even killed the most high of all highs in Jesus, right? This is heavy-duty stuff, but it's something we've got to be able to, to hear and deal with as we walk in joy. See, we count as blessed, verse 11, those who have endured. You have heard Job's endurance and have seen the outcome from the Lord. The Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Now, above all, all, above all, my brothers, do not swear. This isn't this isn't saying the curse words. This is in your heart. Right. Swearing toward people, swearing toward God, either by heaven or earth or with any other oath. Your yes must be yes and your no must be be no. We've talked about this. I think this is about a month and a half ago. Guys, we've got to be the epitome of timeliness when it comes to, we've got to be the epitome of, of a commitment when we make a commitment, guys. Because the last thing we want to do is, like, oh, yeah, them Christians, they, don't, they, they say one thing and they do something totally different. You can't count on them. I mean, I waited on one of them for 45 minutes, man. When they said they were going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't want to do any of that stuff. We want our yes to be yes and our no to be no. And, and people will know that we're people of our word, right? Amen? So that you won't fall under judgment. Is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church. Daniel, we're going to call Daniel. We're going to call Dave. If you want to get to know him a little bit more, be here on Wednesday night at 6.30. Right? Get to know these guys. They're going to be called on to pray for you if you're sick. And here's how they're going to do it. You should call on the elders of the church here in this local manifestation of the global body of believers. We have Daniel and, and Dave. And they should pray over him after anointing him with olive oil in the name of the Lord. They're going to do that for you if you're sick. Amen. The prayer of the faith will save the sick person. The Lord will restore him to health. If He has committed sins, He will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. This is critically, critically important for us to be able to do that with one another. If you have people in the church that you can't trust enough to tell them your sins, guys, they're not your friends. you've got to, you've got to be able to find these. The, the, these folks are here. There is no condemnation right? Had a buddy of mine confess some, some very serious stuff this past week. No condemnation for that cat. Alright, good. Let's move. Let's go. Let's roll, baby, right? Love it. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. That's where, dude, I'm telling you, I got like this, this heart of, of, of and it's not like we just vomit on everybody all of our problems but it's like we have people in our lives that we can trust with our junk. I love it. That's what discipleship is. It's moving forward. That's what generosity is. It's moving forward. With true confession and vulnerability and transparency. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The urgent request of a righteous person is, is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a man with nature like ours. He, had, yeah, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. I'll let you read that on your own. And then he prayed again. And the sky gave rain and the land produced its fruit. My brothers, if any among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way, ah man, we talked about this this past week at, at Diving Deeper. Love this. Let him know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his life from death and cover a multitude of sins. What else covers a multitude of sins? love yeah exactly right do we love somebody enough to help them not judge them but actually say hey i see this in you this could be an issue for you there's something better for you let me help you with that so what are like, well i thought you weren't supposed to judge people and i thought you're not supposed to do those kinds of things and you're right here's what jesus said i'm just going to follow that pattern since we're in the habit of doing that Jesus said, to not judge the ma- the measure with which you judge, it will be given to you. So if you have a critical spirit toward people, if you have a critical anything like that, God's going to like, all right. Almost somebody came up like, waiting like, wow, you're really tough on that guy, man. Okay. <laughs> I could just, just, man, it's one of those things where we have got to have a soft heart toward people and a love of people enough to where we can help somebody. Because Jesus continued to say, take that plank out of your eye. And that's all he said after that, right? He just left it at that, didn't he? No, he didn't. He said, take the plank out of your eye. Deal with that. Make sure you're dealing with that. You and God are getting things straight. He said, then you can help deal with the speck in your brother's eye. Man. You know, I talk a lot about James and how he imagined him being a brother and how much it must have stunk to be Jesus' little brother and that kind of thing. But we pointed out in Diving Deeper Wednesday night that That this sounds a lot like Jesus. This sounds a lot like his influence of him growing up and Jesus just saying things directly, man, not not beating around the bush. And for that, I'm glad James had that sucky childhood, right? (laughs) Because he learned a lot from Jesus. And here's what I want us to be thinking about. What is it that I'm critical of. And why am I critical of it? What is it that I really like and why do I like it? What's the motivation behind a lot of the things that I, that I do or don't like? I know it sounds kind of weird, but I've had people recently say things like, Well, I don't like the fact that we're doing bop, 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 bop. and then I'll follow up with a question. What are you what are you reading? Where are you at in the Bible? When did you sit with the Lord last? And many times it's oh shoot. Should probably do that more. Meaning none, right? And sometimes I'll ask the question Tell me what your what what your time with the Lord is like. Tell me what you're reading. And they'll be able to explain it I'm like, okay, cool. And if you're hearing from the Lord, I want to hear about it, right? Does that make sense? Like, this is this is where the rubber meets the road. I need you guys, all of us, in the word, talking to God. We got a lot to do over the next couple of years, man. It's gonna blow our minds. We're gonna unveil some things. Over the next few months, I'm going to need you on board, but I'm going to need you on board with God more than with me. Amen? Amen? Because God's not going to tell anybody in here something different than what he says in his word, and he's not going to tell you something completely polar opposite he's going to tell me. Right? Amen? You with me on that? I need you guys in the word. I'm begging you guys to get in the word. Sit with the Lord, man. And if you can honestly say, Man, I'm in the Word here, and this is what God is telling me. Awesome, man. I want to talk to you about what you're sensing. But if you're telling me, I hadn't been in the Word in a while, hadn't really sat with the Lord in a while, and I want you to do that first before we talk about things that we're going to be doing in the church. Is that cool? Because I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you big time. Father, we love you. <coughs> and we are truly, incredibly amazingly amazed at what you've done. And what you're doing and what you're allowing us to be a part of is so much fun and such an honor. But God, may we never take that for granted. May you lay on us, Lord, the importance of being in your word. Studying, absolutely but studying it for the purpose of knowing you more. Studying it for the purpose of learning how to love you through our obedience. Because you've got a lot. you got a lot for us to start on. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to help plant another church. And thank you for the opportunities that you are going to be unveiling soon in our city. It is much bigger than any one of us. And it is much bigger than our local body of church, but God, you are the one that is controlling it all. So Father, as we take an offering this morning, may we recognize fully that this all belongs to you. This is your money to begin with, and you are such an incredible, graceful, loving God that you don't even ask for it all back. So, Father, I ask that you take this offering and bless it, multiply it, put it to your use for your kingdom. We ask these things in your son's amazing name. Everybody in the house said, amen. While we're taking uh, taking offering up, I want to read you uh, uh, a cool card from, didn't say who it was, oh yeah, she did, I'm not going to say it, I didn't even see who it was from, it just said Edgerton Elementary, but it says, New City Church members, you guys can keep playing, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stop you, keep going, keep going. going. Dear New City Church members, thank you so much for your donations of Play-Doh. Lado tools, candy, and magnets for my classroom. What a wonderful surprise. Your generosity and thoughtfulness is so appreciated. Very cool. Making the community better and the community knows it, right? Amen. Also, wanted to um, give a shout out to a couple of folks um, Jeremy Little and Lynette Rutledge. I don't see Lynette here. She may come to the 10 o'clock or she's been sick. But um, there was a guy in town who lost his wife last Saturday night, like suddenly. Guys went over and mowed his yard, got him food, did all that kind of stuff. And, and when I called him, he said, yeah, Jeremy. Then You know, you weren't like, hey, this is from New City Church. It was, yeah, Jeremy, my friend, mowed my yard. Lynette brought us food, you know. And I was like, I love them guys, man, you know. And it was just wonderful to be able to to see Got in motion without, you know, it's just, just just the kind of people we are, man. Thank you guys a bunch, a bunch. Guys, love you. And I know some of this is a challenge to a lot of us. But we've got to, man, we've got to make sure that our hearts are with Jesus. So have a great week. Uh, I know we've got some folks uh, waiting to come inside. Our preacher went a little bit long, but we're good, right? Love you guys.